there's an almost visceral shift that happens when you get to the six-figure mark. No, it doesn't make you happier or more worthy or better looking or suddenly mean that you have all your shit together, (laughs) but it is in fact an important moment as a business owner. This is something that Michelle Vroom, our guest on today's episode, believes to be true. You are going to L-O-V-E love this episode. First of all, she shares so many common values. She's our people. Secondly, I just adore how willing Michelle is to get honest with us about her journey in business so far, from the sexy things like being challenged by her coach to hit a 10k month and then blowing right past that in like less than two weeks, I think she says, um, to the not-so-sexy like having a full-scale adult tantrum. I'll leave her to share that with you. We cover so much in this episode. It's absolute gold from truth about finding the trust required to take the leap into business to the real pull that we often feel between our identities as mother and business owner to allowing ourselves to be supported without making that wrong. And we also talk about building true community as the cornerstone of cultivating relationships and signing clients into your business. See? So much goodness. How about I just stop telling you about all of the amazing things we're talking about in this show and we just get on with it already. Yes, let's dive in. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast. I'm your host, Corey Javid, money mindset expert, success coach, mother, tea drinker, energy obsessed, manifester, afternoon bath lover, and thought leader in financial empowerment for mums. I know that we get to be successful because we are mothers, not in spite of it. And so around here, we do things differently. I've torn up the business rulebook and created a new paradigm for us, one in which we create results using energy instead of effort. I'm on a mission to help you ditch the old way of creating success. You know the one where you work hard, hustle, and sacrifice, ew, (laughs) and instead teach you how to increase your impact and income without increasing your hours and how to manifest your dreams. So if you're a mother who's ready to learn how to elevate your energy to start making bank and start living your limitless life, this is your podcast, my love, and I'm your new biz bestie. Join me as we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, limitless mothers. It's me, moi, (laughs) Corrie Javid from corriejavid.com your business bestie, in case you forgot. Um, How the devil are you, my love? I'm having a marvellous day today. I'm having like the best of best days. I went for a dreamy walk with my favourite oat latte on my favourite beach. Just so good. Um, Then I came home, I listened to a couple of... um, client Voxer messages, celebrated in particular with one of my clients who just hit a really significant monthly money goal that she's been working at for a while. So good. Um, Had a bath, (laughs) had a sort of long lunch, and then I just went live inside of the Facebook group for the Elevated Abundance Mastermind, dishing all of the dirt on how I made 69k in sales in 30 days whilst taking a ton of time off. So (laughs) those ladies are looking forward to their reactions on that. Um, Anywho, 
that's me. That's what's been going on over here. Oh, and van update. We have a build date. So that means that we are expecting to receive our brand spanking new van in August. Very excited by this because it might mean we get a little bit of the summer left to use it before we properly um, turn it into a camp van. So we're going to just kind of have a, like a makeshift <laughs> situation um, up until kind of late autumn, early winter when we, I say we, my husband largely <laughs> cracks on with converting it into an epic camper van. Anyway, that's what's going on over here. Um, what else have I got to tell you? If you didn't catch it already, definitely go and check out the replay of my live stream inside our Facebook group, Limitless Mothers. I was talking all about how I handle fears and doubts in my business. And on that note of just being like totally transparent and keeping it real, you're going to love today's guest. I'm going to tell you about her in just a minute, but she likes to keep it real, which is why I love her and which I, why I was really excited to have her on. Um, but I feel like there's something else I need to tell you. Oh, yes. Yes, my love. So this is coming out in the last week of April, which means that you have a week to get excited because I am making May Sales Energy Month. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and that's the official jingle. Um, I'm going to be talking all about selling in a way that feels authentic and good, free from ickiness, free from awkwardness, free from salesiness um, throughout the month of May, because I think it is the number one sort of business skill that we all need if we're going to be a successful business owner, but the one that I see most women struggling with. It's something that I'm massively passionate about teaching to my clients, of course, because once you know how to sell and sell in a way that feels good to you and to the other person, guess what? You're golden. <laughs> you can always sell then. Um, and I'm really excited to bring this topic in depth to the show. So you just need to keep listening in over the month of May, my love, because it's going to all be sales, selling, sales energy related. And of course, I bring my feminine energy spin to it all because that's how we roll around here. And I'll also be doing a couple of extra fun activities in the group. So get get your excited pants on for that. Is that a thing? Let's just make it a thing. Get your party pants on. <laughs> and let's get into today's show. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. This is like really timely. Well, I say it's really timely, but it's timely intentionally <laughs> because I had, I, so I just recorded this episode with Michelle this week and normally I have a pretty long, longish lead time in terms of when we record and then when we go, um, when we publish an episode on the show, because I always have my content fairly planned out in advance. However, a couple of things. One is that we were supposed to do this a couple of weeks ago and I had to reschedule. But also when I just had this conversation with Michelle, I was just so obsessed with it. I think you're just going to love what she shares with us. And I wanted to bring it to you sooner. And also I had a quite a few questions around this, like, what's the big deal with six figures? And she actually answers it so perfectly in the show. And so I thought, well, I have to bring this forward. So this is timely by design. If you've been like thinking about six figures, wondering what the, what's the deal with the six figures that everyone keeps talking about, can it even be for me, etc. You're going to love this. But it's not just about that, this episode. We talk about so much. Uh, you probably heard in the introduction that's just some of the gold we get into. But 
let me just officially kind of introduce you to Michelle and why you want to hear everything that she's going to be telling us. She has made, this is pretty cool, half a million dollars from her Facebook group and counting. Let's just do a round of applause for Michelle because we love to celebrate women crushing it in business, don't we? Side note, we need a different word than crushing it. Don't you agree? It sounds kind of masculine energy. Hmm. Um, answers on a postcard. Send me a DM or an email if you've got a better, more feminine energy infused word. But anyway, we're still applauding and, ce and celebrating Michelle and her win there. That's amazing. Um, what else do you need to know about her? She, um, well, she has 15 year background in marketing and public relations. So you know she's got those skills and that knowledge out the wazoo to help other talented rock stars, maybe like you, get to six figures in their business. So good. Um, and that starts with the proven framework that she likes to use for growing an engaged Facebook group that makes you a six-figure business owner. And the other thing that you'll like to know about Michelle is that she's got a very no-nonsense approach. Um, she's more than happy to dish out some tough love as and when required and will give you a kick in the pants anytime. Those party pants that I told you to put on. Any time that you need it. Um, so let's find out more about Michelle from her, shall we? Let's get into this. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Um, so I always like to start with our guests with your experience of becoming a business owner. I always like the kind of the why and the journey. So give us a little potted history, if you can, in terms of like how you got started in your business and how that transition fit with motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. Motherhood was what sparked the transition. I always wanted to be in, in business for myself. I used to just say, I want to be a freelancer. Now I understand mm. that there's so much more <laughs> to mm -hmm. business than just being a freelancer. And I, I envisioned, I'm not sure why, but I always envisioned that it would happen when I was in my fifties and my kids were older. Mm. I don't, again, don't know why, yeah. but that was what I envisioned. Um, and then I had my first child. So I've got three boys at home. I had my first child. Uh, mm -hmm. He is five and a half almost. So I'm coming so up. You've got three under six. Three, five yeah. and under. Yep. Three under six. Wow. And um, yeah, I know. Busy. And <laughs> very busy. Um, I'm coming up on my uh, five-year business anniversary at the time that we're recording this. So oh, five wow. years ago, you know, had my son and that sparked everything, right? So I always had the dream. I always had the desire. And then, you know, it changed. My, my whole life changed as everybody yeah. listening can understand. Yeah. And suddenly I, I thought, well, I don't want to be commuting in and out of, you know, Philadelphia. I live in the Philadelphia suburbs. I don't want to be, you know, working long hours mm. and be working for somebody else. And yeah. that is what sparked this little seed. Like I always say, all it takes is a little seed, right? Yes. Of that desire of wanting more. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Then you can't help it. I I describe it like a little like um I love the seed analogy as well because that grows. But I for me it's the same sort of thing. But I felt like it was like a little flicker of a flame ignited oh, at that point. Absolutely. And then before I knew it, there's this big fire in my belly, and I had to do something. And I have to do something. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So while I was on maternity leave, <laughs> can't even believe how this all worked out. But while I was on maternity leave, I had people, you know, like family friends, people in my network mm -hmm. coming to me, small business owners, saying we need help with marketing. Wow. And Enough opportunities came my way to where I was faced with a decision. Do mm. I keep on going the way that things have, have been? Or do I take this chance, take this leap of faith? 
It doesn't mean it was easy. It wasn't. Um, you know, we had a six month old at the time by the time I actually left. So I went back mm-hmm. to my job, I think for two months. And then I was like, okay, I'm taking the leap. Like I remember my I husband, enough of this. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I sitting around, you know, our dining room table on a Sunday with like the computer in front of us and spreadsheets because at the time I was the breadwinner. I had a great mm. corporate job, you know, and then you've got this, this dream though that I, that I had. And my husband was incredibly supportive from day one. But it did require a financial sacrifice. I want to always be like honest and upfront about that. It did require a significant financial sacrifice for our family. Um, you know, diapers don't pay for themselves. So you had a six month old at home and it was a really big deal, but I didn't want to look back and wonder what if I had done this, right? Yeah. Like to me, that was the, the, the scarier option. I scarier guess, than basically. taking the leap. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I took the leap you know, coming up on the five-year business anniversary. I've added two more children to the family since then. And, um, you know, it has been one of the best things I've ever done, but also one of the most challenging things. And I think that's okay. And I think that's just a reality. Like, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you if you feel that. Well, that, and also I think that's kind of part of the challenge is part of the point, right? I think if it was all just kind of paint by numbers, it'd be just dreadfully dull. Yeah. (laughs) That is dull. I don't like yeah. paint by number. So <laughs> yeah, I love I love that analogy. Um, I love that. I love that you took that leap because I think that can be a scary place, especially as a breadwinner. Yep. To yeah. trust yourself. What gave you that trust, do you think? Do you think it was just that the the fear of that what if was like more compelling to to kind of help you take the leap or do you think I mean there's always a certain degree of trust when we say we're going all in on on this yeah you know I I think it was somewhat attributed to the um you know to just taking the leap and and being afraid of what would happen if I didn't Mm. I think also having a supportive spouse definitely made it easier I know not everyone has that but that definitely made it easier um I had family members that weren't so supportive right but my you know spouse was I think for me, I had enough people coming to me that I saw a need yeah. in the market. And that definitely helped. You could see that demand. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I, I guess I did have some element of trust in myself that I would figure it out. Yes. That there were options. It yeah. doesn't mean I was fully confident. I think a lot of people use confidence as a as an excuse not to take action. And I think it's really yes. hard to have confidence in something that Without you've done before. Like, yeah confidence comes with action. I think trust is also built with action, but you do have to have some trust and faith in yourself. An initial doesn't have to be very big, right? There was still a lot of doubt. Like there was a ton of fear. It's like if you look at a pie chart, right? You'd see mostly fear and (laughs) doubt, little, little, you know, little bit of trust in there. Um, but I think think that's really interesting actually. Sorry, can I just pause you? No, no, I think that's a really, I'm so glad that you're transparent about that because I think that's also like a a kind of common myth that people think that Mm. Um, that you need like 100% trust to feel it. And actually, we, we all experience fear and doubt all of the time. But sometimes you just have that just percentage of trust is enough for you to like lean on it and to take yeah. the balance. It's basically. like that, that small percentage of trust and a willingness to try. And at that yes. point, I was willing to try. I, mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted a different life. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to go after it. And that's what's kept me going. I mean, just because I, and then I think you hear the stories of people taking the leap of faith. And I've, mm-hmm. pro- I've said this before, like, and I never looked back. And then I think that yeah. indicates that the path forward is Everything just was rosy every day. And sunshine yeah. and kittens and whatever fluffy thing you can think of. And that has not been the case. Like, I'm actually going to be doing a live inside of my group tomorrow 
talking about like the honest, raw journey, even over the last four months as I, you know, grow toward my goal of seven figures. It is not easy. It is not, you have to continually go back to that little bit of trust, right? Yep. A little bit of trust that I had to start my business is something that I have to keep going back to that keeps me, you know, pushing forward yeah. at every single new level of business, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a really great um, point because I think the and I know I made this sort of assumption when I was early on in business, and I think it's an easy assumption to make that you see people at, say, six figures or multi six figures or seven, wherever, like you can just pick up, um, you know, at some kind of milestone and you can look at them and you can think, oh, when I get there, <laughs> then, oh, yeah. then I'll feel confident, then I won't feel afraid, then I'll X, X Y, Z, then I'll be happy, all of these things. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's such a, a truth that, at each point, if we're going to a new level, we always get uncomfortable again. We always have fears again. We always have doubts again. There's always a challenge. Just because we understood how to get to six figures doesn't mean we understand and have it just completely easily paved the way to seven. Like there's always a stretch involved. There's always the inner work involved. So I love that you said that because yeah. it's such and, a good point. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I think, I mean, you could say it about the coaching industry, but even more broad than that, there are a lot of, of high level experts really starting to be more honest and transparent about mm-hmm. what goes into it. I think you've always been. Yeah. I think when I, you know, Julie Stoian um, sent out an email over the weekend about like the thing, the hard things that she's gone through mm-hmm. getting to seven figures. Kelly Roach just did a live a couple of weeks back about some really tough stuff that's been happening in her business and she's working mm-hmm. toward nine figures. Like I think it's becoming more like people are becoming more honest and transparent about what it takes so that yeah. others don't feel like they have like something's wrong with them if they're struggling. Right. Yes. I think that's such an important yeah. piece of the industry. And I'm glad that it's happening. Yeah. And it's, it, it's supposed to be challenging. Like for me, I don't know how you feel about seven figures, but um, the point of getting there is to, at this point, it's to, you know, one is to kind of prove that this is possible to us yes. as mothers and business owners, yep. but also it's just to, see who I need to become <laughs> the inner work that I need to do in order to get there you know a lot of inner work <laughs> a lot inner <laughs> that work. I am literally in the midst of right now yeah it is yeah. it is challenging but I hope that by talking about it more you know more people will will go after what they want without yeah. letting the hard stuff be a signal that they shouldn't yeah and I think it's really um I think that there can be kind of a disparity uh, see if you uh, agree with this but between when you hear somebody's had fast success for example or a quite a you know impressive let's say quote unquote trajectory towards certain milestones it's easy to think that there were no challenges involved yeah. and sometimes that actually can feel quite some of those things can actually come quite quickly quite swiftly with a certain amount of ease but it doesn't mean that there weren't challenges. It doesn't mean that that person didn't have a buttload of inner work to do because they had all these fears and doubts popping up. Um, and I think actually often that kind of like speed between that we kind of like move to the next level, that's actually down to kind of the inner work that we're doing. Oh, and, totally, um, totally. And embracing the fact that it is challenging, but it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be kind of like, a continuous struggle I like to kind of separate those two concepts I don't know how you feel about that but I like to kind of frame them differently like challenge is like a good thing um, it, 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 it perpetuates growth whereas yes. a struggle just keeps you in the same just keeps cycle. you in a holding pattern a yeah I, I think that's good to differentiate between the words I don't know that I do that as much as I should so I'm glad you brought that up because I do think oh well yeah it's just something that I think about because I think sometimes I, I kind of get worried that I've made it look eat too easy right <laughs> you see right, what I mean right um and the thing is is you know it ha- I, 
one of my values is allowing it to be easy. So that's kind of by design that I am designing that experience and cultivating that experience for myself. But I never want people to misunderstand. And that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation that we're both saying, we're both sitting here and saying, there are always challenges. There are always fears and doubts that you need to work through. There are brick walls that you hit that you're like, I don't know how to get around this one, you know. Um, But that's, for me, that's different from sort of struggling alone, struggling in silence and giving up. And choosing to struggle in silence, right? Like, yeah. There are many times in my business where I could have chosen to struggle in silence. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like they have to because they don't want to come across like not having it all together. Mm. So yep. People can't see me right now, but I'm putting quotes around the yes. having it all together because I don't, you know, and that's why I think it's important that we be transparent about that. Yeah. And none of us, none of us do. Like I'm, I'm never winning on all fronts. Like, you know, when I'm winning business, the house is a mess, for example. Which you know what I mean? Right, exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. And listen, guys, if anyone has it all together and figures out how to do that, will you please tell me? Please tell us. Yeah. <laughs> please come tell me. <laughs> right to us immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, so, so you started your business, you, you decided to take the leap. You decided to use that small slice of trust out the whole pie (laughs) and then how did you how was your experience then juggling sort of a new business a new growing business and a new one it was it was challenging it was very challenging um you know I was basically like two of my identities have been like I had two brand new identities I guess is the best way to say it the identity of a new mom which Mm -hmm. is just yeah, that throws crazy. Right into yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you're when your son is, you know, six months old, it's like I was still dealing with a lot of postpartum stuff. I mean, that doesn't That's go away. Tiny. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, my youngest is almost a year old and I feel like I'm still off kilter with, you know, hormones and postpartum and all that. So, you know, dealing with that, I'm stepping into my my role as a new mom and then as a business owner. And it was it was exciting, but it was very scary, very, very scary. I, you know, often wondered, like, can I do this? Right? Like that question came up a lot. Can I do this? You know, I didn't have you don't come with like business doesn't come with a rule book, right? Or a guidebook no. for how to manage client situations. You know, at the time mm. I was doing service marketing, so I was doing the work for my clients. Yeah. Obviously different than than coaching and doing what I do now, but I didn't have anyone helping me, you know, set boundaries with clients. I didn't really know how to set boundaries as a mom, you know? So yeah. there were a lot of like boundary issues and things that came up that led to a burnout pretty quickly. Mm. Because I also, my my older two are 18 months apart. Wow. We planned it. I, I don't even know if I, people always ask me, did you plan that? And I don't know whether to say yes or no. <laughs> yes, we did. But I feel like that's, you know, so not only that, like, you know, Fairly quickly, if you think about it, after I started my business, I then was pregnant and dealing with a working whilst pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Um, I lost three clients in one day right before, like two months before I had my second child. Like there were a lot of things that happened that challenged mm-hmm. my identity, that challenged, you know, it's 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 challenging your faith in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, can I do this? And you have to just keep moving forward. Um, ultimately those things are what led to me investing in getting coaching and investing in getting mm. more support. You know, my husband's a great support, but like he can't, he it's not the same, is it? It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. He was thrilled when I invested in a coach. He's like, great. Like your coach yeah. is going to tell you. I don't have to do this now. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to listen to your coach more than you listen to me. But, yeah. um, yeah, it, my identity, like it just went through such an identity overhaul and identity mm. shift. And I, it led to a lot of feelings of discomfort, a lot of feelings of wondering, what am I doing? Um, a lot of difficult situations that I just had to navigate and like, 
just keep putting one foot for the other. You know, yeah. sometimes it really is about doing that. Yeah. And yeah, you're so right. And that's the that's the way actually Emily mm-hmm. knows what's the next step. Right. What's the next step? I am the type of person who wants to think about the next thousand steps and plan yes. every single aspect of my life and have complete ultimate control. I still <laughs> do in some ways in my business. And so I guess I learned, you know, that you really don't fully have control over anybody but yourself. Yep. And, you know, setting boundaries again is like a reoccurring theme that has come up a lot when I think about mm. motherhood, like the intersection of motherhood and business. And mm. for sure that first year was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the thing. Like you said, like there's, there's all sorts of like kind of business rule books that I kind of like, well, tear up in terms of like marketing and you should do this and you, you should, should do yeah, that. Should. But there's yeah. really not much out there in terms of like boundaries and actually handling like tough situations and a thousand you know, percent. A thousand um, percent. and like you said, like with motherhood as well, it's one big test of boundaries, isn't it? <laughs> like it's just one ongoing. It is. Continuous. It is. You're trying yeah. to, you know, feel everything out and, um, you know, I, I often felt kind of torn between the two identities. Mm. Like yes. I would always feel like I was doing really well in one area and really bad in the other. And yeah. It was kind of like a seesaw, That's I hard. guess. Yeah. To describe it. Yeah. And how do you feel now? Now I feel like, and I, I don't even want to use the word balance because I do feel like it, it, it fluctuates so much still. Now I think for me, it's been about like allowing my village to provide mm. the support, right? Yeah. Village, you know, extending to like the kids' school. Now, mm-hmm. you know, now I've got two kids in school. So, you know, expanding my village of people who can come alongside of me and my family and being okay with accepting that help. Like, I think for mm-hmm. me, the path to six figures, I did a lot of things on my own when I should have asked her for help mm-hmm. more. And now, like, getting from six figures to seven figures, like, I've you got to. You just can't do that. You yeah. have to, right? You can't. You've got to allow your village to come alongside you, you have to also allow like even my kids, right? Like my five and a half year old, like he can do some things on his own. I have to give Mm -hmm. him the space to be independent. I can't try to control him and what he does. You know, I can't try to control what my husband does. Like I I have to really like, we would all love to. Yeah. yeah, Again, if anyone has a manual for that, let me know. But, um, (laughs) you know, I have to really uh, like give people the space to do their thing and also Mm. accept the help and delegate, you know, now that I'm Mm. growing a team. So I think it's it's probably like a lot of the same identity things. It's just, a, you know, different situations, different circumstances. Yeah. I just am noticing that I think a lot of women feel like they can't take time off from their business. They feel like yes. they can't like even take a day, right? Like I, since, since having my business, I have made Fridays untouchable. Like Friday is my mm, day with my, that. right? It doesn't mean that mm-hmm. things don't occasionally come up that I have to deal with, right? Yeah. But like Fridays... How many women feel like they can do that? Mm. I, I'm sensing and, and, and have been sensing this even more lately, just based on conversations I'm seeing happen, you know, online that people don't feel like they can do that. Yes. So for me, I guess, like, I feel even more compelled to share my story and talk about like how things have happened and the challenges that I face so that people mm. can realize like you have to choose this, right? No one's going to yes. hand it to you and say, here, here's some time to spend with your kids. Here's some time okay. to spend with your family. Yeah, so that's you have to find that. And so that's, I think at every level, especially now, I'm always looking at like, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my family? And who do I like, to your point, who do I need to become to reach seven figures, right? Mm. Like, what does seven figure version of me do? She takes every yes. Friday with her kids, you know, yeah, exactly, much more that I could be doing. But 
that's kind of what that's kind of the stuff that I'm I'm thinking through now at this level. Mm, yeah. I love that you shared that. Yeah, I think so many people are going to identify that. I think it's the same challenge, and we get it then mirrored between motherhood and business in that we feel because we've been programmed to feel and believe that we're the best one to do it and we're expected to do it in its entirety. Yeah. So that could be like, if my children aren't with me, they're getting substandard care. Like, do you see what I mean? Or yeah, I do. Like, if, if they're not with me, I need to feel guilty about that. Like we get mm-hmm. that. It's so programmed into us. And then we just bring that into our business. If I'm not the one doing it, it's going to be substandard, you know, or, and, and equally on both sides, Asking for what we need just isn't something that we're really taught or um, held in a space that we feel safe to do, like saying, actually, I need somebody to take the kids or I need you, a person over there in the family or whatever, to look after the kids for me, please. You know, um, and actually, we're sitting around waiting, like you said, for somebody to notice that we're really fried and <laughs> offer to help, you know. Oh, totally. The same in totally. business, too, and saying, like, actually, I need support here and feeling it's about feeling okay on both fronts to say, this is what I need. And it's okay for me to have these needs, like feeling worthy of those needs. Because we're so conditioned to believe that needing something from someone else, we're the ones here to give. Oh, no, we can't, we can't take anything. (laughs) We have to make sure that we like, do everything ourselves and maneuver everything into like the pockets of time that we have so that we're not encroaching on anybody else's kind of time or Attention. Absolutely. And and how much has changed? I mean, looking at what's happened over the last year and how much families mm. have changed, you know, I mean, I, I, everyone's probably so sick of like, yes, we all know the year. <laughs> we all know the world has changed. Like, you know, yeah. the, the new normal, I think everyone's really tired of hearing that <laughs> phrase. But, you know, last year, um, you know, we, uh, the shutdown started in our area, like two months before I was due to give birth to my third child. And my mm. husband lost his job. And so, I mean, he's, he does freelance work. So like he could get, but no, you know, he was doing work for major league baseball. They had shut down, like all sports had shut down Mm. and I was the breadwinner again. Like my business provided for my family for all of, for about six straight months. We were, you know, it was the only revenue coming in at the same time that I was bringing life into the world again and and adjusting to transitioning from a family of four to a family of five. So we also encountered an identity shift in our family mm. and I had to be okay with that. Like my husband yeah. had to be okay with the change in roles, right? Yes. Um, you know, the kids weren't at school. Like there was so much that has changed. And I think for me too, not making that mean something negative, right? Not making yes. it mean like, oh, I'm not meant to do this or oh, my business is going to fail, right? Yeah. I think anytime we encounter those identity shifts or those identity changes, we, I mean, I know in my mind, I automatically jump to the negative. Well, that must mean that I'm not meant to do this, right? And so I think also just being okay with that, like, I think that's balance. Mm-hmm. It's just recognizing that life happens, things happen. Yes. I mean, we've all seen that we have no control over what happens yes. in the world. I mean, if we didn't know that before COVID, we, we know that now, right? We know it so, now. <laughs> right, we know it now. So just being okay with that. And mm-hmm. again, like allowing my husband to serve the family in a way that he hadn't before and, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think that's also just plays a role in it too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think, it, um, yeah, I like what you said about just not making ourselves wrong for, for needing yes. that and not yeah. jumping to some kind of negative story about ourselves. And I think the first step there for anybody listening is just to notice as soon as your brain goes then, you can go, oh, and kind of catch it or go, oh, interesting that that's my first thought here, that because I need this, that means something yep. negative about me. You know? yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's so fascinating. I love this. And so... 
I'm I'm curious. You were mentioning that you know um, when you started your business um, and you became a mum at the same time. You know that's two big identity shifts, and you talked about you know a bit of a shift of identity in terms of family and how that looks um, through the last year and everything. Um, do you feel like if you obviously at the time probably super challenging, um, but do you feel like it's made you feel kind of excited about the fact that we are actually quite malleable and things that we previously thought to be true about ourselves and feel like was a fixed part of our identity actually might be up, you know, on the table to change. Yes. Yes. I, I very much have come from like a fixed mindset Mm. background, you know, me too. I think a lot of people have. (laughs) And for me, like, I mean, honestly, as hard as last year was, like, I felt a sense of pride. Like, my business is providing for our family right now, even yes. while I'm about to have a baby, you know? And yes. it also is something that I can go back to, like, to find that evidence mm-hmm. of, hey, this happened and look what, like, it, my business was thriving, right? So, like, any of the old stories or old beliefs, like, for me, I need all the evidence I can get to mm-hmm. disprove some of those stories, right? So, yeah, it's made me feel really excited for, what's next. It's made me feel really excited for what's possible for my family, but also what's possible for women. Like, I think, I think, I mean, gosh, how many women are starting businesses right now? Right? Like, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I just think, gosh, that is amazing. Like we are just transforming Mm -hmm. the world and our families. And I I think that's exciting. I think that we need to own that, you know? So I guess if anything, it's just made me excited to own it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. And if you're listening, own it as well. You know, doesn't matter which phase of, of business you're at. Just like you have to own every choosing get to the next phase. Absolutely. Right? If yeah. you don't own the if you don't own the phase that if you don't own the phase that you're in, it's <laughs> yes. really hard to feel excited about getting to the next one. So yeah, I think it's a really exciting time for us as women because we have this opportunity available to us by you know being able to become like online business owners particularly opens up an opportunity to us as mothers that wasn't like there like even like 10 years ago you know or 15 years ago so we think we're at a really um, interesting time and I think as more women come into the business space change things up do things more our way not the previously prescribed by the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) And as we get more money into the hands of women, like, and have more of a balance that way, because better, you know, distribution of wealth, I think, oh, I could just go on. Oh, I know. I totally agree with you. (laughs) And and one of my clients, I was having a conversation with her last week. Um, She just hit six figures in her business. I am so excited for her. I'm so proud of her. And one of the things, like one of the thoughts that, that she had a huge breakthrough just about some thoughts that she had been thinking about her business and and the new Mm. thought. And the new thought was, I have options. Yes. As a business owner, as a mother, I have options. My mm-hmm. business affords me more options than I had before. Yeah, and I want to share that for anybody who needs yeah. to hear that because that yeah. was really inspired. Like I got chills when she said it because she's right. We have options, and yeah. gosh, the world is just such a better place with women who have options for their families yes. and for their businesses. Because in my experience, women do well with those options. You know, yep. they employ other women and they do good in the community and you know like we're and we deserve of... to have options like that's yes. a, that's a thing that I think I don't mean to get on a tangent about this because I feel like there's so much we could say but uh, so many women and myself included don't feel like they deserve those options mm. right we don't feel yeah. deserving we feel that guilt so Who am I to have this right privilege yeah. right right yeah but but the more options we have the more that we can help raise each other up the that's, ripple effect. that's like how I see it it's yep. not about 
I think that you get to a certain point in your business where you kind of like are taking care of your own family's needs and things. But I think then when you can then transition beyond that, the motivation for me to transition beyond that is like to, to gain more opportunities is so that I can create more opportunities for others and, you know, bring everyone along on the ride. A percent. I have a full-time employee who just bought a house, right? Oh my goodness. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Bought a house. Like so good. I just, yeah, it's, it's a ripple effect. Yes. And sometimes when I'm, you know, making things too much about me, I get in like, you know, I get a yep. little down when I like one of the best ways for me to redirect that is thinking about that ripple effect, thinking about yes. like who that impacts, not just yeah. your immediate family. I mean, I love that I'm raising sons who are going to see a strong woman, right? Who, who yes. knows how to run a business. That's knows such how to an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like, gosh, I've, I've been given the gift of having three sons and I want to raise men who don't just respect women, right? But yep. like hold them in high esteem mm-hmm. for all the things that they can accomplish. And so, you know, I don't even talk about this as much. I'm really glad that this is coming up because even as I'm saying it, I'm like, man, you probably don't talk about this as much. Like just yes, thinking about, about the impact that that has, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, on my sons as they watch mm. me chase those dreams. Like we always tell my five and a half year old who wants to do everything perfectly, like you just need to try, right? You just need to yeah. try. And yes. that's a message that I want him to see. Like I want him to see his mom trying. Oh, I mean, exactly. I'm gonna, doesn't mean I'm going to succeed. I fail a lot. And fail. I succeed, and right? succeed as <laughs> yeah. well. Yes. Yep. But yeah. I just think, I mean, and if you have daughters, of course, you can apply this here. I just, I don't mm-hmm. have daughters, so I can't compare yeah. it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool. I, this is why I'm obsessed specifically with helping women for the large, uh, sorry, women, mothers for the large part of the, yeah. the women that I serve. It's because I feel like as mothers, we're the gateway to that next generation. Oh, I love that word, gateway. Um, yeah. And I feel like um, when we're doing that, like it gives us, I, that's the thing that I, I like to help um, women to connect with is that motivation that you've just talked about right there is that yes do it for yourself and let's work on your own sense of worthiness to like I'm allowed desires it's okay for me to desire things just for me the end right but as we're doing that work because I know it takes some undoing of some a lot of conditioning and imprinting right Mm -hmm. but as we're doing that work that motivation that can really help us and it like then adds a double motivation for onwards from there is that we get to model this to our kids you know I get to model to, you know, my kid, you get to model to your sons, like what it looks like to be out there creating opportunities, what it looks like to be believing in yourself, choosing to believe in yourself, even when it's uncomfortable and hard and scary, you know, Um, and model abundance mindset. Like there's just so much about it. So I always like to, and I love that you mentioned that because it's a really great way of, like you said, getting yourself out of your head when we're kind of tripping ourselves up and saying, who am I to be doing this? Do I like having questions over, do, you know, do I deserve this, etc. When we actually look at the bigger picture of, well, even just at home, look at that beautiful ripple effect that I can make, that I'm actually giving this gift to my kids of, of modeling in this way. It's so beautiful. And then obviously there's a much wider ripple impact. Impact You talked about the fact you have a full-time employee and that you know, she's buying her house like this. And then there's obviously your community that you show up for, like that you're giving that great value to. Like there's huge ripple effects that when we allow ourselves to feel worthy of stepping up into those kind of opportunities. So I love that you mentioned that. That's so cool. Okay. Oh, so good. Um, So you mentioned a minute ago that your client was celebrating hitting 100K. Yes. And I know that's kind of one of the things that you love 
helping people to get like to that particular mindset milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of that milestone, but I would love to hear in your words, like why that milestone in particular, like why is it important to you to help people to get there? Yeah, there is a there is a serious thought shift that happens um, in the way you see yourself mm-hmm. and you see your business when you reach six figures. Um, when I reached six figures, and it actually all started with my first 10k month, because I think for me, mm-hmm. and probably a lot of people, it's like that 10k month equals six figures, even though technically yes. 100k is like, what, eight, even 000. though you need to like stack up several of them. But yeah, still. I don't even know what the exact yeah. math is. But it's not like you don't need 10k months to get to six figures. But I remember my coach challenged me, this was, oh gosh, I think it was three years ago, maybe more, challenged me to have a 10k month. And my first, like, response to her was, Oh, that's not possible. And she Mm. asked me why And I gave her all these reasons. Like, I think I still have the email that I sent to her, which was like, Oh, I don't have a big enough audience or, Mm -hmm. you know, not enough people want my services. Like I had all these stories, right? However, that seed had been planted. I'm a competitive person by nature. Okay. (laughs) But that seed had been planted. And I was like, you know what? Now I want a 10 K month, right? Like I just want to see, just want to see if I can do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there was that willingness to try mostly doubt, but that willingness to try. And I actually hit that milestone two weeks later. And I think oh I, my goodness, yeah, two I, weeks think I ended amazing. up having a 12K month. Now, there's <laughs> a lot of math that went into that and all that. But when I did that, I remember that the way I viewed myself, I to- it totally shifted. Yes. I was like, wow, you are yeah. a legit business owner. Like, mm-hmm. we're so a CEO than just an entrepreneur or just, you know, somebody with a business, right? Yeah. Um, and so I felt like, powerful. Like I felt this Mm -hmm. sense of like, just pride and power and fulfillment. And I felt like, you know what, my business can do a lot, like my business can have a really big impact. So I shifted from just feeling like I was, you know, making some extra money for the family to feeling powerful and like, Mm -hmm. focus being focused on the impact. And so I guess that's the best way I can describe the, the thought shift for me. And that has been the case for my clients that have reached six figures as well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, number one, like to be totally honest, when you hit six figures, like, and you factor in, you know, expenses to run your business and all of that, like, I think everybody should be making at least six figures. I mean, it's yeah. not like you're, it's not like I was taking, not home, like you're taking hundred K and laying yeah. in a bathtub of cash. I mean, let's just be yeah. real. Right. But I remember being like, wow, I can provide for my family. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can, I can provide, like I can have an impact. Like those were really powerful feelings for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to help other women feel that way. Yes. Right. Like I've had some clients who have reached six figures and overcome some really big personal stuff to do it. Mm -hmm. Like they have worked through like some really big things. And I, it forces you to confront those stories. It forces you to confront a lot of stuff. And so I feel like six figures does get tossed around a lot. It's not really about the money though. No, don't get me wrong. I like making money. Of course, money's nice. Money, money allows you to have an impact. Right. It's about what you do with it. It's about who you become, because you do become mm-hmm. someone different when you reach six figures. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I think you're so right. I think it does get kind of banded around a lot. And I think for the wrong reasons so often, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I hit this shiny goal. So what kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, whereas actually that's, that is what it's about is it's about hitting, hitting that tipping point mm-hmm. of when you, uh, for me, it's that there's a couple of like pivotal moments in my business where, um, you know, and I've seen it so many times with clients where you hit that tipping point where you actually understand 
like your own power within the business now and you actually understand, oh shit, <laughs> if I can do this, <laughs> what, what else, what else can, can I, I do? I do? Yes, yeah, that was another overwhelming and it, yeah, And it and you've got that then, that, that moment that you can go back to and draw upon again anytime that you're feeling like, you know, you're confronted with your fears about the next yeah. level or yeah. or there's been a dip or you know something has cropped up it's it's really good to have that because i think it's like a point of no return it to, to a certain extent in terms of a certain amount of inner work there's just a certain level of confidence that you can accumulate from having made that happen said you were going to do it and then made it happen you exactly. know so exactly yeah yeah and it's not about being i i did a podcast episode once on this i said you know i didn't get happier <laughs> when i, I remember that figures. episode it's i was like yeah about that yeah yeah it's not about that no you gotta be happy that. all the way along otherwise what's all you know otherwise you're cultivating happiness right yeah Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not about suddenly feeling secure when you get there. It's not about all of these things that we think that we can pin on onto that. Um, but there is, yeah, there's just a sort of a shift change. You kind of just take yourself and your business a little bit more seriously in a in a good way, you know, in a, in a very good way, mm-hmm. and treat it like less like oh, this kind of fun little thing that I'm doing, and more like you know, a company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have to kind of like you said, you have to start acting more like the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can do that ahead of time. And I always encourage people to like start thinking that way from day yep. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I think that's that's a really fun, it's a really fun thing to see that that um, shift in people. And yep. like sometimes it is at that first 10K month, first yep. five figure month. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's at the actual 100K exactly. um, yep. mark. But there is just, it's so fun to witness in people because you know that no one can take that away from them now, that, that, that knowledge that you got your business to that point. Yes. Know? Yeah. So true. So good. Oh, I love that. So you, you mentioned previously that um, that you hit a, a point in your business, I think, was it after your first child or was it when the second was on the way that you were actually starting to feel burnt out? Talk me through how you got out of that because I know lots of yeah. people will really resonate with that experience of hitting burnout and feeling constantly like torn between business and motherhood. Yeah. And I can paint you like an actual scenario of what happened when I knew like, okay, enough is enough. So I had mm. the second child. Um, and I had him in June, 2017 and it was, I think October Mm -hmm. of that, like, so, you know, not less than six months later Yeah, when I was, had been on client calls and juggling the second child, like Mm -hmm. putting him down for a nap, popping on a client call. And I remember being so overwhelmed with the sheer amount of responsibilities of motherhood and business that I Mm legitimately threw an actual temper tantrum in my living room with my husband sitting there like watching me and I was crying I was like I think I stopped my feet like I literally it was an adult temper tantrum I don't know how else to describe it and I just said to him I can't do this mm-hmm. and he just looked at me and was like well what needs to change and I was like I need help yeah and he's like well how can I help you more like he was trying to figure out like household wise and I said you know mm-hmm. what I don't think it's about that I need help in my business yeah and so that was what led to me hiring a coach for the very mm-hmm. first time. And, you know, I had, that was a big, that was a big deal. It's a big deal when you make that first like big investment in your for business. Sure. Right. Yes. But I remember writing on my application to book a call with her. Like, I know I can do more. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't get there without help. Yeah. That was hard for me to admit. It was really hard for me. That can be so hard for us to admit. Yeah. And yeah, like I pride myself on being able to do a lot. You know, I, I do struggle to ask for help. Yeah. But you know, when you get to the point where you're throwing a temper tantrum, and you also like, I think it was a mix of things. It was 
feeling like I was dropping the ball in business, but then also mm. feeling like I was dropping the ball, like with my kids, you know, yeah. like, and that sucks. That's yeah, I felt just... so bad about that. And so I think that's what like the combination of all of that led to that temper tantrum. I, there were feelings of burnout before then, but I remember, like, I remember what I was wearing. I remember that moment because it was just like, <laughs> like even, even while enough. I was throwing the temper tantrum, I'm thinking in my mind, what are, what are you doing right now? Yes. Right. What are you doing right now? And I think it just had to get to that point for me to take the step to invest in getting help. Yeah. I think, I think it's a shame, isn't it? In a way that so often we hold ourselves back from getting that help that we need. We can tell ourselves all sorts of stories about, well, I should be able to get there on my own. Oh yeah. I hear that all the time. Um, you know, or I, I'm sure I can get there on my own. Well, sure, the long and hard way if you want to, you know. Yeah. And um, at what cost? At what cost? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also just that kind of like, oh, well, I'll get that help when, you know, dot, dot, mm. dot. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. And if you're saying that, you'll never, the, yeah. the, the when will never appear. Yes. It won't appear. Exactly. Because yeah. it's kind of just a moving target. It's mm-hmm. just going to co- constantly be just out of like arm's yeah. reach. Yeah. 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 I I had a completely different um You didn't throw a temper tantrum in your living room? Well, I mean, I've thrown temper tantrums <laughs> before, I'm sure. <laughs> when I, well, I talked about when I hit the, the lockdown wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in the third, the third lockdown. I think yeah. I did pretty well to make it that far. And I, yeah. I lost, my, was, but, yeah. I lost my shit with my husband <laughs> over, a, over a cleaning cloth. Like, oh, what? Like, you know, no, it just made anything. no sense whatsoever. <laughs> he was like, um, what's happening? <laughs> I love the look in their eyes. Like, yeah. oh, no. you know, yeah. like you can almost see like it mirrored back to you, yeah. like how ridiculous you're acting. And you're like, I don't care because I've started now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know you have to commit. You have yeah. to follow. Through. I'm in it. Yeah. This cloth <laughs> matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for me with my, when I find, when I got um, support in my business, it was actually like before I'd launched, but that, but for me, that was kind of the thing I was struggling to just even start, you know? So I was doing all of the behind the scenes stuff. I was farting around with a website and, you know, trying to choose the best ever fonts as if that's going to make a difference to whether or not somebody <laughs> hires me, you know? And, um, and then I told myself, well, I, I need to be moved into my office because I was working from the, the lounge at the time. Oh yeah. So I must decorate it first, and I was painting my office, so I can remember the same thing. That kind of choice of like, no, screw this, I'm getting some help. I was yeah. painting my office, and I was listening to my now, like she's still my coach now. Um, listening to her, she'd done a video. Is it Lacey? Something. Yeah, Lacey. Yeah, I love Lacey's podcast. Oh, Lacey, yeah. 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 Um, and and she and she said something about like, are you just consuming all the content? And I was so in that phase of signing up for all the free stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, are you or are you actually taking action on any of it? And I was like, damn, I feel like she's seen into my soul, <laughs> you know, just she, the way she, she said, said it that way. Yeah. And I put down the paint roller and I opened up my laptop and I was like, right, enough's enough. I'm just applying for this. I don't care, you know, how much it costs. It doesn't make any sense on paper to be doing this right now. But I could just see how I was gonna really trip myself up and slow myself down for like forever and, and maybe never yeah. even get properly started um if I didn't do it but I think everybody has that kind of like moment where they're like do you know what enough and and then we get the support um I'd be interested did you make any changes to your business then um to have a model that was kind of so that the business was supporting you better because oh, that's yeah. another way oh, yeah. we can get support is by having a business that supports us rather than us always being the one holding it up. Yes, that's when I started transitioning. Mm. Um, it took a little while to transition. It wasn't like flicking on a light switch, but I started transitioning from full service marketing to coaching shortly yeah. after. I yeah. hired my coach and then shortly after was starting to move in that direction. And then of course, you know, after one-on-one coaching, transitioned mm-hmm. into group, which is what I really pour into now. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, I did start changing the business model. I started really going all in on serving women, which I, mm. you know, had had somebody tell me like that's an oversaturated market. Women business owners, you shouldn't bother. <laughs> and thank God I didn't listen. So yeah, I made a lot of changes and mm. you know, they happened in phases. It wasn't yeah. overnight, but I'm so thankful I did it. And how has that transition for you been from one to one to group? You know, I, I know made, a lot of people make yeah, that transition. I, I added a group, right. I added a group coaching program um, about two and a half years ago. So I like started, but it wasn't, it wasn't as big a part of my business until last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say like when you go from one-on-one coaching to group, like it does involve a new way of delivering for your clients. Like yeah. it, it is a shift. I mean, it can be challenging because you're trying, you almost fall into like the trap of trying to coach all of the people in the group as if they were one-on-one clients. But now, like, I've just seen the power of what happens when driven women get in a room together, you know, and the impact that it can have and just the connection among those women. So I think it's really powerful. I mean, I still do offer one-on-one coaching, but the group is like my primary Mm -hmm. way of serving my clients. And did you, did you find, because this is what I've found that like, actually it's, it's interesting because as a coach, you can have this fear. We can feel a bit, a little bit protective over one, one-on-one and we can feel like, yeah, but I know that's how I get people results. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you find that actually you're kind of like sort of surprised with the results that people would still get, even though it looks like a different offering? Yes. When you transition to a group? thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Cause yeah, it is it, like, it's that magic, isn't it? Of bringing women together. It is. It is that magic. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they're on the journey together. Yes. It's yeah. It's really powerful. I think there's something so I'm I'm a big kind of group fan because I'm in, in a mastermind and I and I run a mastermind but I was just I'm always amazed at how there's just something so um I think important about being seen by peers and like being understood and having like genuine peers who are in it with you get it totally understand you know it's great to have like business besties and have like the odd you know coffee chat here there and like you know connect with other women and I was like doing that before I was in the mastermind that I'm in but there's just something about being in that group situation and having like a number of women just totally get it totally hear you and see you where you're at and offer you that support in that moment it's so kind of freeing and for me it's been like a real shortcut to doing some of the inner work feels so much like lighter lifting now um being in that situation absolutely. you've seen that in the groups that I, well. I absolutely have and being in a group myself with other women I've seen it I've seen mm-hmm. the power in my business too they challenge yep. you right like a coach challenges yes. you in one way women challenge you in yep. another so yeah um so speaking of groups and the magic of like bringing women together I know you're a fan of a Facebook group am I correct I sure am <laughs> I'm a fan of a community <laughs> but definitely Facebook yes. groups. yeah yeah Tell me more. How how did you get into this? And is this something that you help your clients with as well? Yes, it is. Um, you know, starting a community for me, that was my Facebook group was a massive, massive, like, it just it blew up my business in a good way. Right. So mm. it gave me a place to nurture like real, genuine, authentic relationships. Yep. And that was something that made like, the sales part feel so much easier. It was something that just yes. It gave me freedom. I mean, obviously, based on our conversation, I think it's no shock to everybody that I believe that every woman should also have the freedom to make as much money as she wants in her business, to be able to get as many clients as she wants. And to me, a community like represents that, right? A community Mm -hmm. allows you to get clients whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And I think from my perspective, that's true freedom and security in business. And that can only be found in you, right? As the leader of that community. 
Um, Facebook groups, I mean, that, you know, I have an amazing community, an amazing Facebook group. And so I've seen a lot of power in there. I think from my perspective, when you look at just the sheer amount of people on Facebook and using Facebook Mm -hmm. groups, it's like 1.8 billion people are participating in Facebook groups in some form. And so comparing that to like total audience numbers on other platforms, I mean, it's a lot Mm -hmm. of people. There's a significant opportunity there, especially, you know, in the online business world. And so I think regardless of whether you choose a Facebook group or Instagram or some other platform, having a place to build your own community, like that is Mm -hmm. also part of what helps you become a CEO. I mean, the name of my group is Market Like a Boss. And to me, that's being a boss, right? Is starting a community, is really building that for yourself. And so um, that's why I'm so passionate about it. I think, again, it gives you that freedom to be able to market the way that you want, to throw out the shoulds. And be able Mm -hmm. to bring in business consistently. A lot of women are not doing that, right? And then that ripple effect, I mean, money is important to some degree in terms of having an Mm -hmm. impact. And that ripple effect is diminished. That impact is Mm -hmm. diminished if you don't have that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's such a focus on follower numbers or, you know, like the wrong kind of aspect of that rather than are you actually growing a community of people who are coming together with shared yeah and you feel like they belong right like we all want to belong to something I mean I think that's even more evident over the last year Mm. and you know building a community makes sense it 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 just it feels better too it feels more authentic yes I kind of wonder if that's an aspect of the kind of feminine energy at play as well because I think women are very community-based kind of people and like historically like that's how we like you know you Going back to what you're saying about it takes a village to raise yep. a child, and you know, and to create a business. Yep. Like, yep. you know, we would we would have actually been much more community focused in like our day to day lives. And so, actually, now if we can be bringing that sense of community online and then leveraging it, then it's a beautiful thing, you know. Oh, totally. And and business has changed. I mean, I think I think community has always been important, but business has changed in the sense that people need more time to digest, you know, your content, they want to know that, you know, you are committed to building a community, like people want, like there are studies that show that people are more attracted to brands. And you are a brand, yes, you know, run your own business and your service provider. Right? Yep. Spoiler. Exactly. Spoiler. So um, people are more attracted to brands that build communities. Yeah, because they want to be a part of something. Yeah, they want that personalization. All of that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's what I help people do in my core group program, right? So going back to the group program Mm -hmm. that we were talking about, um, I, you know, over the years, like this program has evolved and Mm -hmm. I've had to really like actually do some inner work in myself and say, well, what are you like known for? Like, where is your natural strength? And for me, it's been relationship building and creating a community. Like that's been, Mm -hmm. you know, there are many marketing channels, but that's been my main channel. And one that I almost took for granted, I think it's very easy for us to take the things that come naturally for granted and just assume that it's basic, that everybody else knows it. And I realized really everyone's doing this, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, no, they're not. So I actually have recently like even repositioned the program. This just shows you guys, you just Mm -hmm. have to start because I literally started this program two and a half years ago with a Google Drive folder. That was it (laughs) of resources, you know, I could have waited and said, it's not perfect. I don't, But I started Mm -hmm. and because I started and was serving women in that container and got all of that data and was taking Mm -hmm. action, now it's actually led to me repositioning the program to focus on building an online community. Okay, it doesn't have to be a Facebook group. It's not specific to Facebook groups, but building that online community. I never would have figured that out, though, 
if I hadn't just from day one. Right, exactly. And so I also just share that because I think, again, like going back to your earlier point, people feel like you have to have everything perfect. Like perfect Mm -hmm. is not required. Perfect is not required. No one needs your perfect. Right. And it doesn't even exist. perfected it yeah. or feel like you have it's too late exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. like when you take that action this is how you get the clarity you're looking for you know and that's yes. exactly what happened for me with this program yeah oh i love that um and so do you have some um a couple of like top tips that you could share with listeners about building community as that's like your jam what could what what are the your some like golden nuggets that people can take away number one pretend like you're throwing a party because that's really what it is right And you might be someone like, well, I don't like to throw parties, but you've attended parties, right? So, um, you know, what, what, if it were your party, what would you want to do? What experience would you want people to have? A lot of people will start a community without thinking about that, Mm -hmm. without taking ownership over the experience. And so I think first, just getting clear on that, like, what are you going to talk about? What is your community going to look like? Right? How do you want people to feel? Yes. You need to keep them coming back. Yeah. Yep. It's not just about them joining and it's not about those, those vanity follower numbers. It's about mm-hmm. them coming back, um, over and over again, consuming your content. Mm-hmm. Like you need those different touch points in marketing to, you know, convert someone to a client. And so I think first and foremost, getting really, really clear about what that looks like. Second thing, and I don't see enough people doing this, but it's such a subtle and effective shift. Mm-hmm. Market what's inside of the community, not the community itself. So mm-hmm. do you want to expand on that? A little yeah, bit? absolutely. So. For example, like I've got a Facebook group, right? I could say, hey, join my free Facebook group. People think because it's free, everyone's going to, there's so much free stuff. As we alluded to earlier, (laughs) you know, you can get in consumption mode with all the free stuff. So for me, it's about marketing what happens inside of the group. Because again, people want to be part of something, right? Give them the reason Yeah, that's why like follower threads drive me nuts. Yeah. I don't know what your position on follower threads is, but... They drive me nuts because it's basically just people sharing links to like, oh, my free group or my free thing. No one cares, right? People mm-hmm. are thinking what's in it for me and you need to market the personalization of what happens in your group, right? Or what happens yeah. in your community. And so I think that's just sort of a, a subtle but very effective shift that a lot of people can make. And then the third thing I would say is like have a plan for how you're going to build the relationship after someone joins. Mm, a lot of like that's yes. the beginning of their relationship with you, not the end. It's not like, oh, I yeah. got them to join my group or to join my community. I'm good, right? Or I got them on my yeah. email list. I'm, now I'm just gonna sit and wait for them to buy something. Uh-huh. From me. Yep. Yeah. You have to remember, step into the boss mentality, the CEO mentality. That doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't mean hustling. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I am saying yeah. is that you need to take ownership of the relationship and be the leader before they even work with you. Because people yes. are looking for direction. Yeah. Yeah, they chose sure. to be in your community for a reason, and they're looking for. They want to be led by you. That's the they want to be yes. led. Yeah, yes. they want to be led, and so the more you can start acting that way, like the faster you'll convert the right people to clients. So mm-hmm. having a plan and a path for how you're going to build the relationship, and it's going to look like I can't tell you what that is. It's got to be like that's something I help my clients figure out what it looks like for them. But it's mm-hmm. different for everybody, right? Different personalities. Like we all have different ways of building relationships with people in our, you know real world on offline, right? So um, I think it's just really important to have that in mind, because a lot of people will get people into their community and then be like, Oh, like, when was the last time you touch base with that person? Oh, they're just a number, right? They're just a number on my email list, or they're just a number, you know, in my Facebook group. Yeah, I I can't bear that. Yeah, I love like, I love what you're saying there. Because actually, the thing is, is, from a business owner point of view, like putting your kind of just your boss hat on for a minute. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense like 
sales are made much more easily when it's done like because you've actually nurtured a relationship first. Yes. But just on a human heart-centered um, hat or with a human heart-centered hat on, I don't know, this analogy is getting weird, but I'm with you. On the other hand, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, it also just feels better to be actually cultivating like real relationships with community. It gives your whole kind of like business and day-to-day a sense of purpose and like there's people to show up for in a good way and you know it's not just so transactional you know oh yeah people I mean people want to be seen as humans not as clients or as a transaction so we need to and that you know that also involves some mindset shifts right Mm -hmm. that involves you focusing on what the other person needs and taking the focus off of yourself and that's the mistake a lot of people make we've all done it you know like where are my sales <laughs> it's about me 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 and that's where I think people run into trouble like coming up with content ideas and putting things out mm-hmm. for their business because they're so focused on me 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 if you ask yourself what does my potential client or my dream client need to hear from me mm. today and actually I think a lot of I know a lot of my listeners will find that actually a relief because I think that's the thing that holds a lot of people back from creating content putting content out there and being like consistently visible is feeling like it needs to just all be about me all of the time. And that can feel kind of like provoking if you're not feeling like you haven't done your work on feeling like worthy of that limelight, you yes. know. Um, whereas actually when you can stop making it about yourself and make it about, um, you know, what do they need? What do they need to hear from me today? What, you know, what can I share that's going to help her and where she's at? Then it takes the kind of focus off of, you know, you know yourself and puts it you always market better service yeah you always market better when the focus is not on you yeah even if you're sharing your own thing making it relevant to them mm-hmm. you know like being like this is why i'm telling you this <laughs> you know? thousand percent because yeah because yep. this is it relates to you in this way you know you absolutely get to do this or, you know, absolutely so, yeah couldn't agree more i love oh i feel like i could talk to you until cows come home. um <laughs> But I know that I want to be respectful of your time. Um, where can people get more of you? Because you've been amazing today. I just am absolutely in love with how um, transparent you've been and how honest you are and open. So I'm sure my listeners are going to want to rush to follow you, find out more from you. So absolutely, absolutely. So the best place to connect with me um, is in my Facebook group, Market Like a Boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to be putting up tomorrow. Um, so this, it'll be available via replay for anyone who joins afterward. But I, you know, I, I'm very transparent about my business and about like some of the struggles and challenges that I faced. I'm going to be doing a live, um, in there about, you know, getting to like growing to my seven figure goal, like what that looks like. I'm in like the messy mm-hmm. middle, right? The part that yep. a lot of people don't like to talk about. So yep. I'll be sharing that. That'll be available for, for people, um, you know, when they, they join the community and just, we also share a lot of great content around, you know, creating your own community, you know, growing your business, being the boss, being the CEO and mm. attracting clients that you love working with, because otherwise, what's the point? So that's what's the best the place to connect with me. I also have a podcast, Market Like a Boss, same name. Um, so, you know, I share a lot of behind the scenes stuff, um, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of like truth bombs and tough love and like, you know, Mm -hmm. hopefully encouraging and inspiring things for for your listeners. So if anyone wants to check that out, um, please feel free. I would love to connect with you. Sure they will. We're a fan of a podcast around here. So definitely go and check that out. Market like a boss. Market like a boss. Yep. So good. Um, So 
off the back of your amazing tips there on like building community and seeing how that can actually really then build your business, um, I believe you have something for our lovely listeners that can help them kickstart that. I sure, I sure do. Yep. So it's called, it's a free guide called your first 100. And it's all about getting either your first 100 dream clients or your next 100 um, into your community. We talk about Facebook groups in the guide, but it can apply to any other channel. Um, and when you download that, I give you my three best tips for how to do that. And then when you download it, you're also going to get um, a little series of seven daily tips for how to boost engagement in your community, Ooh. right? So it's not just about getting right. people in, but how do you keep them coming mm. back? How do you get them talking? So it's not like, crickets and tumbleweeds in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'll get that after you download the guide, you'll get some um, really good tips on boosting engagement via email. Oh, that sounds good. Because that can be tough when you have a newer, especially if you have a newer community, or sometimes even like an existing community. Yeah. How do you revitalize it? Right, exactly. This is perfect for people, yeah, who have, um, who are creating a brand new community, but also who have kind of maybe let the wrong people in and it's stagnant Mm -hmm. and nobody's really engaging. Um, I know that for a lot of people, when that happens, they start to kind of back off from their community, which is the last thing that you want to do, yes. right? Yeah, you have so to I want to keep you in, in it. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. keep you in it. I want to, I, you know, I want to help you have the impact that we've talked about during this episode. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so great. And tell, sorry, tell me the link again. It's um, your first 100. So it's michellevroom.com slash your first 100. I can send you the Perfect. link. And we'll put that in the show notes for everybody as well. So if you loved um, listening to Michelle chat today, then definitely go and check out the show notes. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. I've absolutely had a blast chatting with you. I feel like we're really kindred spirits. Yeah, like yes. <laughs> so much more I we know. Should, should be talking about. Maybe I'll get you back for like a part two at some point or have you on my podcast which i would love to to do so we'll talk (laughs) yay thank you so much thank you and there you have it my loves wasn't that a good episode see i told you i was excited for a reason (laughs) if you want to find out more about today's show head over to the show notes you can find all of the links that michelle was mentioning and more information about her if you head over to my website corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash Michelle. Um, And never forget, my love, until next time, you are limitless. Bye for now. my love do we talk every tuesday if not we totally should you see each tuesday i send out a message exclusively to my besties on my email list these are pep talks hits of inspiration behind the scene peaks lessons i've learned in life business and motherhood and notes from the heart and if i say so myself (laughs) these are some gold you don't want to be missing out on head over to corriejavid.com forward slash tuesday and sign up to receive my weekly notes plus you'll be gifted my morning mindset routine designed to help you slay your day and your goals because i believe even as mothers we can have a morning mindset routine that works for us that's corriejavid.com forward slash tuesday tuesday